This is the MagicWordPodcast.com. Hello, this is Scott Wells for the MagicWordPodcast.com. And it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a minute. It seems like after a busy year of traveling all over and going to so many conventions that I'm finally coming down to the last one of the year for 2022. This year I'm heading to Charlotte, North Carolina for Tricks. That's the T-R-I-C-S. There's no K in that because it's not in Kentucky. It's in Carolina, North Carolina, actually. That's why it's called the Tri-C's or the Three C's. Carolina Close-Up Convention. Get it? Scott Robinson helps sponsor this and has been putting it on for a number of years. I went last year for the first time, and I thought, wow, this is great. This is a lot like what the 4F convention used to be in the early years. A lot of young people who are there. I feel like the senior, definitely, I am the senior citizen, it seems like, there uh, at this convention. But uh, there are a few other guys who have got a little gray in their beard also. But anyhow, uh, it is uh, a wonderful convention. And, again, I've not been traveling uh, for a while. Golly, the last convention I guess I reported was in early September for the uh, Texas Association of Magicians. And here we are uh, a couple months later and uh, haven't been traveling much of any place uh, between then and now. So, boy, I've had itchy feet, and I am ready to go. So, as you would imagine, here I am right now then in the airport in Houston at Hobby Airport awaiting my magic carpet that is provided by Southwest Airlines and my my. Breakfast is provided by, you guessed it, Dunkin' Donuts. And I am looking forward to this convention for so many reasons and uh, so many friends that I made last year, and I'm looking forward to seeing here again. So, uh, but before uh, we get started into that and off on our journey, I... Uh, I, I know Charlie Randall is going to be joining me shortly. He's traveling from Houston uh, here as well. And he's, um, I got here a little bit early so I can enjoy a donut or two. And as a matter of fact, I don't think I've had a donut. I know I haven't. I haven't had a donut since uh, 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 August. So, yeah, I'm trying to remain sugar-free. I still have a lot of salts. Okay, so I, I like Cheetos. Uh, but uh, yeah, Cheetos are great. Donuts are, are better. Anyhow, let's see what I got here today. So... I've got a um, uh, my usual chocolate, chocolate, and today I've got a chocolate Bavarian cream. So yeah, I'm all about chocolate here today, and about time to have a little bit of coffee too. I mean, that's some good hot coffee. Wake me up here this morning. It's not wee early in the morning, but it is a little overcast. Not so much. I don't think that the planes are uh, delaying their takeoff, but uh, it is pretty foggy. It's not cavu. That means ceiling and visibility unlimited. It's not that kind of a day, but uh, I fly through St. Louis and then on into Charlotte. Anyhow, thank you guys very much for uh, listening from week to week, and uh, I hope that you have uh, enjoyed the uh, fun month of boo we had this last month of October, and we've got a lot of things in the can already and ready for you to go now through December uh, and into January, actually. I've got enough material then right now, and I know there are going to be some people I'll be visiting with while I am in Charlotte, and you'll be hearing and enjoying those guys and gals uh, as we progress. Uh, so, until later, until we get to on the other side, I don't know, I might even talk to Charlie Uh, here before we take off. So, until later, whenever that is, this is Scotty out.
I said I was going to see you on the other side. Well, I guess what I meant was on the other side of the airport because I was I was down by Dunkin' Donuts when I recorded the first part of this. Now I'm on the opposite end of the airport, so I got in my exercise. There we go. So I worked off uh, like two calories getting over here. Like it. <laughs> it does look like it. Thank you. Maybe we don't need to talk. I don't need any smart-ass comments like that. All right, I'll leave. So I've got with me Charlie Randall. Hey there, Speedy. Charlie, how are you? I'm doing well. How about you? Fine. Yeah, Sorry. <laughs> calling you Speedy. <laughs> So uh, you're doing great, and you're looking forward to the uh, convention coming up? I am. I am. Uh, I've been to, what, about 10 or 11 of these. All of them Scott's did, uh, except I think I missed one. I didn't miss one during the pandemic because he didn't do it. Right. But right. you've so been all others? I've been all the ones Scott's done, yeah. So, now, this kind of started with the uh, Slight Club, right? Right. I mean, Scott's kind of in charge of that, and they're, they're the ones that, I mean, Scott gets all the credit, but they're the ones that actually do all the work. Right. Uh, so, yeah, great group of guys, and, uh, yeah, so they, I was mentioning in the first part of this that uh, I'm kind of the elder statesman, but there are a few others like you and have a little bit of gray in our beards. But so, but mostly pretty young people who attend this thing. I don't have a beard. Well, okay, mustache. <laughs> you got a gray mustache. Yeah, there, there's. It's a good. It's a good. Good mix. Uh, a lot of local guys, but then Scott always brings in great talent. Oh my goodness, the talent's better at this than most of the big conventions. You know, I mean, he packs in more lectures and. At a national, you know, and, and, and good lectures, too. Uh, not that the nationals aren't good, but, I mean, Scott knows some really good people that come in and they enjoy the convention. Everybody hangs out and a lot of fun. And as and because of the location there on the East Coast and Charlotte being a, a major airport, they get a lot of uh, European and English people over. I know Boris Wilde's going to be one of the uh, featured well, performers. Well, girlfriend well, of course, <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> now, Tiffany's here. Yeah. So she may have something to do with that. I think she has a lot to do with that. <laughs> uh, and I know Steve Beam is always someone who is, has an integral part of this as well. Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> that guy kills me. He is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> uh, what I like about this also, I mentioned earlier, is how this seems like the early days of the 4F where everyone is really sessioning. They're doing a lot of really cool close-up things that are the newest and moves and uh, tricks and of everything and uh, again a lot of young people who uh, are very creative a lot of serious folks yeah close-up wise you know yeah. not, not so much stage or but close-up wise yeah great folks and the talent again is great and that brings out the the, the local guys that are great so yeah it's a good mixture yeah. Uh, okay, I'm going to close this because we're going to have a, a lot of people to talk to uh, here today and tomorrow. But before we do, I want to know, since Max Maven has just passed this week, if you have a personal memory that kind of is one of your favorite stories with him. You know, funny you should say that. I do, actually. I was just thinking about this last night. Um, a few years back, oh, it's been at least 10, whatever, uh, Max was in town and staying mm-hmm. with Richard Hatch right. overnight. And, uh, back when you had H&R here. H&R. And it's actually, so, yeah, it's more than 10 years ago then. So, yeah, so... Uh, I usually do a lunch with the guys on Monday, mm-hmm. and uh, it was uh, Monday, and, and Richard says, hey, Max wants to go to lunch. You want to come up to the side of town? Because I live off side of town, almost an hour right. apart. And I said, sure. So I had to send the guys a <laughs> message saying, hey, I'm not going to be able to make it. I'm, I'm going to lunch with Max Maven. And like three or four of them said, I want to go. <laughs> And I remember thinking, uh, I, I don't know. But I said, well, I mean, if you really want to drive to the other side of town, I guess it's okay. And they, uh, and four of them went. And it's kind of funny. You know, two of the guys are pretty serious. The other two guys, you know, I wouldn't even call amateurs. You know, they, yeah. they're just interested or whatever sure. and all. And I remember about halfway up in the, in the ride over there, I thought, what have I done? You know, <laughs> Max is going to be, what are these guys doing here for lunch? What are these, yeah. And uh, we got up there. He was great. He couldn't have been more friendly. So the ride back, all four of these guys, man, what a great guy. You know, I, I didn't know him. Story. and this, Yeah, and he just, so he's a great guy. I'm going to miss him a lot. He's, darn it. So, anyway. Yeah. 
Well, I guess it was not unexpected because of his illness that has been protracted. Right, and, I thought uh, we had another year or two. Well, or whatever, you know? I thought so too. After we saw him in Quebec, yeah. uh, it, he seemed strong. His voice was strong, and uh, of course, as a performer, a lot of times you put on a, a good face when you're in front of an audience. Yep. You know. So, yeah. yeah, a lot of good memories uh, with Max. Well, listen, thanks, Charlie. Sure. Good uh, talking to you, and looking forward to this convention as well. I'll see now. I'll say, everybody, I'll see you in Charlotte. Where's right, my ten bucks? <laughs> Well, we have arrived in Charlotte. We are here, and uh, it was great. Had uh, Joe Daniels pick Charlie and me up at the airport, and we got here. We had a little bit of a layover in St. Louis, a little bit longer than expected, but we got here just in time. Eh, Actually, the lecture had already started. It started with uh, John Hinton, first of all, and then we had a little break, and then uh, that started like at 7 o'clock, and then... Actually, the first lecture was Michelle. Oh, Michelle, he watched. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, that's right, because John Hinton was part of the uh, second one. Yeah. And so the voice you're hearing right there is the organizer, that's Scott Robinson. Hey there, yeah. Scott. <laughs> How you doing, Scott? <laughs> that's right. It was, first of all, was uh, Michelle uh, Huat from uh, Canada. And you've got, again, stellar lineup of Thank a you. lot of people here. I don't know how you get them. I know how you get yeah. them. <laughs> but, uh, and you're in a They're ideal friends. location. They're, They're friends. friends. That's my point, yeah. is they are friends. And it's from all over, from, uh, and of course, Boris is here this Boris year. Boris is here. From uh, France. And uh, having uh, Michelle had come down from Canada and yeah. so many other people from across the U.S. that have come. And so you've been doing this for a number of years. This is number 12? This or? is 13, 13, and we okay. skipped one during COVID, but yeah. this is uh, year number 13. Okay. So we're... Uh, I have a real question. It's been a journey. <laughs> this year was very unique. In that because? Because I think five people, five talents, mm-hmm. had to cancel due to different personal reasons or yeah. visa reasons or illness reasons okay. uh, so the lineup looks nothing like what we started with <laughs> so who we got in, uh, this change out this added in here so um, so Steve Beam's the guest of honor this year we mm-hmm. do guest of honor here similar to 4F um, we're looking forward to giving him a hard time <laughs> as um, usual Boris Wilde is here of course he took uh, John Allen's place uh, Jackie Yu is here he was uh, he was always on my list I'm so excited David Regal who is a good friend of mine he volunteered to to come out, say, and David help wasn't me out. on the original. He wasn't. I on saw the him original. out there too. Yeah, I, yeah, I saw him. Same, Greg, Gregory Wilson is yeah. here. He yeah. wasn't on the original. Yeah. Uh, Terry Ward, uh, who was at Disney for thirty years doing right. his act at right. uh, Hollywood Studios, he's here. Uh, we have Patrick Redford, George Tate. Uh, he was another one we we brought in late, and then two of my friends. Oh, and Michelle. We mentioned Michelle, and then Brian Saint and John Hinton, who are more local folks that uh, they're part are, of Slight Club. They're part of Slight Club. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Which this was kind of built on Slight Club originally back in the 13 years ago. Or yeah. So. It it started with, uh, so it started with me uh, taking over a small convention mm-hmm. that was here. And we just built it over the years, but I couldn't do it without those guys. I mean, you can see they do it's great everything, right? Yeah. They, they they do a lot for me. So now this is a Holiday Inn, isn't it? We, this is a Holiday Inn, uh, yeah. which doesn't look too much like a Holiday. No, Inn. it doesn't. Yeah. I was going to say, I maybe it's a Hilton. I mean, it's yeah. very nice and yeah. got a nice uh, location in there yeah. for what? About 150 people or so. so this convention, we sold our most registrations ever, which is 167, hmm. um, and that, so that's a lot, mm-hmm. right? We, uh, 
I mean, you know what we do with the show. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a public sh- a show with the public and all that on stuff Saturday night. On Saturday night, yeah. so we'll be setting up our little theater. We we set up a the theater overflow. in the yeah. an overflow theater in the bar, yeah. which is perfect for some people. Yeah. <laughs> right, <laughs> they're not too far away. So it's going to be an exciting year. We have some u- unique stuff. I uh, did you enjoy the video? We I did. Together? So yeah, talk about the uh, punching or the fighting monkey. The I, I, w- I want to get one of those yeah. uh, the little pins. pins. Yeah. So so everyone knows. Uh, my oldest friend in magic's name is Billy Hake. I've known him since he was I was 11 years old. Yeah. And um, he tells these wonderful stories. And one he tells is about going to a carnival and seeing a boxing monkey. And we'll be posting the video online. So I hope people check it out. Or maybe I can I'll give put, it to I'll you. I'll put it on the post. blog. That's right. We'll, we'll share it with you. It uh, is it's hilarious. A funny, funny story. A little bit of uh, adult yeah. words. But uh, it is great. And we created, to kind of honor Billy... We created a deck of cards where the Joker is a boxing monkey in one of him, and we created uh, little pins, collector pins, one of a boxing monkey and one of the Trix logo. But uh, it's gonna, it, it was awesome. I'm, I'm really happy for him because he's been a great friend. For well, the me. cards also that you have, the playing cards, look like they are amazing. They uh, are, yeah. So Chris Haga with Wondercraft. He makes a lot of cards. He made the first tricks decks, the Paisley decks for us. He did the Wonder decks. Uh, and now he's done this new Carolina close-up convention. That's what tricks stands for, by by the way. Some people know, some people don't. So the, he created the Carolina close-up convention deck. So uh, this is our like second three different decks. There's three different ones. Some are gilded. Some are embossed. There's three different ones. One is standard for magicians. For those who are not here, can they order them? Or? They can order them at wondercraft.com. Okay. Wondercraft, spelled C-R-A-F-T. just the way it sounds. Yep. Okay, yeah. The uh, pins yeah. sounds like that's the first year you're going to maybe. This is do- the first thing you, every year for now on. We're going to have. So are you doing pins. that in, in the place of the t-shirts? Is that no? We still have t-shirts. What we is just the, haven't what's advertised the color them this year? yet. They are. They look fantastic. They were designed <laughs> for us by Brent Braun's wife. Okay, and they what's are different. So it's not going to yeah, have the same logo. Same logo, but, but she picked the color combination for okay. for us because she made us one for herself. Because mm. she's our printer. She's the person oh. that does our printing. Okay. It's burgundy with silver. Okay. For the logo, and it looks fantastic. And it washes pretty well, so the silver stays. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It looks, wait till you see it. I wear the gray one all the time. I love it. Yeah. The quality of those shirts are great. They are. Yeah, good. they're really good. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, we'll always do shirts. We're running out of colors. <laughs> After 13 years, we're running out of colors. So many colors in the rainbow. <laughs> yeah. They want to do a paisley one since I wear a lot of paisley, yeah. but uh, we haven't really found a good way of doing it yet, but we're, yeah. we're still working on it. Well, I'm looking forward to this uh, convention as I always am. Again, I'm last so year was. glad you come, Scott. Well, Thank you, Scott. It means so much to me. It really does. It really does. You say that to all the good boys. No, I don't. Yeah. But the support I get here, you know, you don't know when you put something like this on. You don't know really how people, before they get here, how they're going to respond, you know, et cetera. And, you know, changing talent. That, you know, some people come for specific people. Some people just come. But when we did our 10th year, I, did, uh, I didn't announce anybody. Hmm. And we sold out. Kind of like uh, Stan Allen does with Magic Light. Yeah. yeah. I just wanted to see, you know, it was an experiment. And it showed me how much support for this type of convention, which is intimate, 
I think it's pretty personal. Uh, it's more like a family reunion, mm-hmm. right? Well, as uh, I said before, this is kind of like an early days of the 4F yeah. convention. And that's what it's patterned after. Mm-hmm. You know, a little more structure. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a little more structure because that's the way I am. But um, definitely patterned after that. And we and have things free like, soda and everything. We have free soda and food and yeah. all that stuff yeah. to, to get people through the day. Some brownies when, yeah. you know, they're running out of sugar. <laughs> so, yeah. It's fun. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, I know it's uh, sold out this year. And if you guys, you're going to be listening to it uh, at home, uh, and but you need to try to register for next year. I, I sir, I, I would love to have more people here. New people. We have forty-one new people this year. New people. Okay. That is uh, for one hundred and sixty-seven. That's a really high percentage. That's that. I'm pretty. I'm really happy. And you always bring some great talent. Remember, Danny Garcia was here, I believe, last yeah. year. You've had he was supposed people. to be. Well, he was here. Believe it or not, that's been a few years ago. That's my time change. Yeah. Okay. But uh, he was supposed to be here this year. Okay. Yeah. He's one of the people that you know. He's got that stuff going in. We've got with uh, this David guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Not I understand. With the other guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I understand. Well, anyhow, thank you very much again for putting this on, and uh, maybe we'll talk towards the end right. after, as a wrap. Sounds thank you very great. much. Okay, Thanks. for the Magic Word Podcast. So that was Scott Robinson. This is Scotty out. Thank you. We are in the dealer's room, and it looks like there are probably about, I don't know, about a dozen dealers that are around, maybe, or so. And so uh, one of the first ones I wanted to come over to uh, was uh, the Wondercraft booth, because we were just talking with Scott about the cards that they were releasing and this uh, these cool pins with the monkey, <laughs> the fighting monkey. Again, you're going to have to go to the website and see this this link for this. But uh, I'm here then with the uh, creator, organizer, and the chairman of Wondercraft, and that is Chris Haga. Hey there, Chris. Perfect. Hey, how you doing, Scott? <laughs> Fantastic. Good to, see you. Good to see you, sir. You've been coming to this probably since the beginning, I guess. Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah. So I'm a member of Slight Club. I was about to yep. ask. So I've been around for about 20 years with the group and uh, part of the original organizing team that put this together. And, um, yeah, so in 2018 is how it all started with the cards. So... We uh, Scott asked me to, to design a deck in 2018, which was the original tricks deck that we did back then for the 10th anniversary. And from there, I grew it into this business uh, that, that's Wondercraft. And so, so do you use Kickstarter in order to try to get some of the cards going, I assume? Or? I do, exactly, yeah. So we usually do one Kickstarter a year, uh, usually in the spring. And they're um, not necessarily cards for... The tricks convention. They are just other kinds of cards, I assume, with different backs you design. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we and we work with diff- different artists as well. So the one we did, we just finished doing, um, I, I designed myself. Uh, it's a, uh, our Wonder Playing Cards brand, um, and it's a purple version of the deck. And um, we actually uh, just started shipping those decks uh, this past month. So uh, and so yeah, we so we do one one project like that a year. And um, how many cards so, do you typically, or how many decks do you print when they do a Kickstarter? Oh, uh, we do it. Well, it depends. I mean, usually between twenty five hundred or three thousand decks. We'll do this last campaign. We did uh, about twenty eight hundred decks, and we did eight hundred gilded decks in that project. A lot of our decks are meant for uh, collectors. Um, the tricks decks that we debuted here today, those are meant for more for magicians. That's so, what I was wondering. I mean, yeah. I got these because I was going to actually 
uh, use them, yeah. like to That's perform with. That's what we want, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so the ones that are here, so the tricks decks we do for the convention are meant for doing magic. They have okay. standard faces. They're and they're made normal. by U.S. playing card companies, so made they're a nice feel. Very nice feel. They're classic stock United States playing card company. So they're what you would expect from like a rider back, you know, bicycle deck. Is exactly the same stock as that. Um, it just it features our, you know, the tricks logo, the Carolina close-up convention. So it's all branded for the convention itself. I remember talking with Richard Turner about uh, when he was working with the U.S. playing card company about his cards he had and about how they cut the cards. So you can farrow them one way, and I know that they usually cards farrow better one way than the other. And, and when you buy a regular bicycle deck, it seems like they're upside down. They farrow better than they do when they're face down. Yeah, so these are all, how are these th- cut? Th- these are all traditional cut, okay. and they fan, they, they farrow perfectly right out of the deck, okay. right out of the box. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they're, they're, they're very smooth. Uh, the same ones. A lot of people uh, bought our uh, original decks back in 2018, and, um, uh, you know, it's the same feel as that deck. And actually, all of our Wonder decks are the exact same stock, exact same feel. So you get the same handling as you would with a so normal. So it's just a design that's just the design. Of that, yeah, exactly. And you do the designing yourself. That's correct. Most of the decks, all the most of the decks, I do myself. Hmm. Um, you have an artist background, so, graphic artist. I don't know. No, really? it's, yeah, it's amazing. So Scott asked me exactly. <laughs> so in 2018, when he asked me to do it, I was like, "Holy cow! This, how do we start?" And so I had to learn the tool, the tools. I had to learn about graphic design and. I uh, had a lot of help, of course, uh, from my friends and from YouTube. So I just had to learn it, and uh, it was it's, it was fun. Yeah. You know what this reminds me of a little bit is uh, the Le Grand David show and uh, Marco the Magnificent because Sario. When he got that started, and the people were kind of deciding who was going to do what, that uh, Cesario said, okay, you're going to be in charge of doing our posters. You're going to make uh, our costumes. You're going to design the props. You're going to sell the tickets. You're going to do the newspaper. You're going to do advertising. And he kind of assigned people, and they go, okay, even though they had no experience, and they all were perfect for the right position, just as you are for this. Well, I appreciate that. And, you know, it, it, we have similar kind of thing with the books. So we do a, a book. We've done a book, our third book now. Oh, wow. And uh, I wrote the first two books, and it was the same kind of thing. Like, I've never written a magic book before. Were these things from so, the Slight Club that you had uh, well, with the other guys? Well, or? these were tricks. The original book was just a, you know, it was a challenge. It was like, all right, we put out the deck. The same year, I was like, why don't we do a book to go along with the deck? So I wrote a book with, of magic tricks that we, we sessioned with the Slight Club team. We did another book in, in uh, right after that. So now we're on our third, third book. Uh, and again, it's one of those things where... You know, I've never written a, a book before, right? So, yeah, it's, it's fun. And so, you know, and everybody in the group, what's great is everybody in the group contributes in their own way. We have people who are, you know, good at videography, right? So we have, you know, at the convention we have Max and others who run the video, and they're very good at it. We have, um, you know, a guy who does all the sound uh, during the convention. He's very good at it, and that's his niche, right? So everybody has their niche and their 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 uh, their place, you know, with the group and Slight Club, uh, whether you're a, a close-up performer or you're a mentalist or whatever it is, everybody's got their place sure. uh, and their niche, so it's great. Yeah. Wow. And, I mean, this this booth looks great. I'm surprised that you don't take this on the road and go to other conventions, but Trix is the only place really for Wondercraft shows? So I'll go to, to, to Trix, and then I'll go to, we do, uh, I'm part of a, a playing card uh, collector's club called uh, 50 plus, 52 Plus Joker. Uh, we just actually was just up in Pittsburgh, uh, so I'll go there. Uh, but usually just those two. So I do this. This is the, not my full-time gig. So uh, yeah, 
So that's and, and if people want to buy them, we were just talking with Scott, and he was saying going to Wondercraft.com. Well, yeah, Wondercraftcards.com. Cards.com. Yeah, Wondercraftcards.com is a place to go. We have tons of decks, the decks we produce, uh, plus other decks out there as well. Um, and we do a couple of yeah, big releases every year. Uh, to go along with the with the brand, so that's great, yeah. great job, and uh, congratulations, and uh, keep up the good work. Yeah, thank you so much, <laughs> appreciate it. And so, with the Magic Word Podcast, that was Chris Haga. This is Scotty Al. It's the beginning of day one, and that means we're getting started with a little bit of breakfast, having a little cup of coffee as an eye-opener. Uh, here it's about 9.30, <laughs> because it was a, get a late night. Last night was the first uh, evening of activities, but not a full day. Today it will be a pretty full day, starting at 11 o'clock. And one of the people who is kind of a last-minute fill-in, and a great one as well, and his name starts with G, this rhyme that starts with great, and that's Gregory Wilson. Hey, Greg, how are you? Dude, seriously, I'm trying to eat breakfast. This, <laughs> what is this, some kind of ambush interview here? And I'm sick of the microphone in front oh of your face. Oh, my gosh. That's, that's the noise I keep hearing of you chewing right now. <laughs> when I wake up, you can uh, we can talk. Yes. Yeah. And then you bring in the other talent? you yeah. got a line now? <laughs> so George Tate's over here. He's walking around. Hey, George, how are you? He's nodding okay. <laughs> you know it's not video. It's, yeah, it's not video. <laughs> So, you Copperfield, were, seriously? Everybody is here. Oh, my God. What's he do? Well, he's just here for the day. He's got to hurry. He's got to think tonight. Yeah, okay. There's a time change, too, for him, I think, as well. As well as you. You're, uh, you've got something. You were talking about possibly moving to Vegas, but you never have. Is that right? Oh, I'll probably move. I'll think probably move. Yeah. I wonder I have about to, that. I have to get out of the People's Republic of California. That's a whole never subject, brother. That's a whole... Uh, my favorite part about L.A. is... Uh, well, there's the word. Oh, leaving. That's why I'm in Orange County. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my issue about Las Vegas is water. I just think they're going to be running out eventually. I'm I'm a fan. Hmm? I'm a fan. Of running out of water? No, water. Oh. I like water. I like water. But I just think eventually they're going to run out of water, and as a result, there's not going to be enough electricity, and so they can't water the yards. Tourism will go down, and I won't be able to give away a house. It'll turn... I'm I'm predicting... That's when I'm getting the house. 20 years will be a desert. (laughs) It'll be a desert? Yeah. That's funny. You can... You can buy uh, Chris Kenner's house for pennies on the dollar, probably in 20 years. I like it. I like it. So what's on your mind, <laughs> So Scott? right now, as far you as again. the you two, and so you had, um, uh, during COVID, I know we had you doing some Zoom lectures and everything. Have you kind of started to do a uh, lot more live lot lectures? more. Here? Oh, lectures? Uh, yeah. I'm doing some, but I'm doing a lot more shows. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. People ask me all the time what my percentage is of laymen versus magicians. Way more laymen than magicians. Of course, I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I just did... Um, a little mini tour in Europe of Germany, England, and Denmark. And the funniest part of the story, everybody, listen, I'm the opposite of most people. Most people, I think, tell about how good their shows are. I love talking about when my shows go bad. You learn more for that, don't you? You learn more from them. You grow, learn, and improve from the bad shows. I bombed so bad in Hamburg, mm-hmm. I thought it was Dresden. <laughs> Okay. Not everybody's going to get that. <laughs> Got to be over 40 to get that? Okay, over 50. That's right. Oh, right. Here's Student of history. There you go. <laughs> so, so you have been doing overseas uh, tours. Yeah. Okay. What's your favorite city? Ever? Ever. I mean, like in the world. Oh, I love Houston. You know anybody lives in Houston? <laughs> You're always welcome there. <laughs> I stay in the Paul Draper suite. There you go. I don't even know what that means. But. Uh, so, well, I've got a poster of Paul in, in that room where people, when they stay, where you stayed, uh, in really? my house. Yeah. I didn't tell you how creepy that could have been? 
He's <laughs> not overlooking you when you sleep. <laughs> one, what? He's got one eye closed. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so, no, I like uh, I like South Lake Tahoe. You know, we're, you work for a year out there, and uh, it, now this is going to sound terrible because I travel a lot. Did you come to the show then? I did. Ugh. We hung out. We had some coffee. Uh, I was there for a week. I hate when that happens. People come up and they go. Hey, good to see you again. Have we met? They go, yeah, about nine times. I went, oh, come on. What's your name? Um, you used to call me mother. <laughs> I'm like, oh, again, again. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, it's all coming back to me now. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I wish you could see the look in his eye. <laughs> That's why this should be video. Uh, no, I remember that uh, very well. And you were, uh, it was an ensemble act. I'd forgotten who the illusionist was that you were working yeah, with. Yeah, it was uh, Jason Alexander. It was Jason. He goes by just Alexander now. Like Prince Madonna, Cher, Sting, no, Wait a minute, Moses. that's not, uh, no, Jason is now a pilot. That, is, that, is that Jason Alexander? No. Okay. You know who I'm talking about? No. No? Okay. Well, there's a Jason Alexander who was, uh, who was George on, on Costanza. Oh, not, not, oh, you mean uh, Costanza? Now he, that's George Alexander. Oh, that's a different Jason Alexander. I know it's a different Jason Alexander. Well, there was another uh, magician, Jason Alexander, who was working with Steve Daly. And then during COVID, he got his pilot's license no. and kind of got out of magic. Different. And I didn't know there's three Jasons in magic. Alexander. Wow. Yeah. It's yeah, kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, so, anyhow, coming here, have you been... Tricks? You know, I admire the, your skill. Because that couldn't have been more disinteresting. And you turned that into something. That was good. I'm, I'm tired of talking about that. So let's move on to something <laughs> interesting. <laughs> it's my show. Are they still here? <laughs> Is this thing on? Oh, you can't tap that. Okay. What else you got? About uh, you coming here, have you attended tricks before? No. Really? I never even this heard of it before. 13th time. 13th yeah. of Oh, by the way, I put my foot in my mouth last night. Scott goes, hey, your first time here. He goes, uh, have you even heard of it? I go, you want the truth? <laughs> but apparently... Just like me in South Lake Tahoe. Exactly. But it's a big deal. I mean, a lot of guys come here regularly. The lineup's fantastic. Everybody's super friendly. It's the South. Now I know where I'm going to move. Yeah. To Charlotte. I love Charlotte. You haven't been to Charleston. Have you ever done a show or been in Charleston? That's a lovely I've town. I've heard awesome things. I've been there before. I could live there. I could live there. I could live in Charleston. Do you know, I was told by several people, so it could be true, that Charleston is the most oft-visited tourist destination in all the country. I can believe that. I can believe that. How can you believe that? Because I, well, I, I, I spent a, a week there uh, a while back. Had a show and stayed and spent some time with yeah. a friend. And uh, we went around town. This guy was telling me. he, he uh, My buddy, Tom Blumquist, uh, who was on this podcast once before. Not a magician, but he was talking about creativity. And he mm-hmm. was the producer, director, and screenwriter for the A-Team and Walker, Texas Ranger. So he's retired from Hollywood, and he moved to Charleston. Okay. So anyhow, so I was uh, saying with him... And uh, so you take me around town. He was telling me about how beautiful the town is and what it does. And, 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 you know, there are more people who come from England into Charleston than they do into New York, LaGuardia, or wherever else. It is like a major... That's what I heard. Yeah. And, word for word. And also, I think that 80% of the slave trade came through Charleston. And so they're building a big slave museum there. And so you'll be walking down the same path and the same ramp, apparently, to kind of get the feel of 
what the slaves, well, you're not going to get the same feel they have, but I mean, you kind of walk the same path they did to get to the museum kind of a thing. And there are just a lot of really cool I'm, things. I'm surprised the historical revisionist woke crowd isn't going to completely eviscerate that. A couple of different things. One is the reason that it's so popular. One of the uh, most popular visiting places for Englishmen is, and women, English people, to come over is because of the Revolutionary War uh, and then the Civil War. That uh, if there is just a ton of things uh, around there. There's a Fort Sumter, I think, or there's a there's a fort out there. Then also that you can go and visit. You can take a, a boat tour and go out and see some of this stuff. And it's just from the two major wars. I think the, one of the first the first shots in the uh, in the Civil War, I believe, was there in Charleston. Anyhow, very interesting. Heard from you directly, so that would be the Scott heard around the world. Well, you're reaching, aren't you? <laughs> you need another cup of coffee, friend. <laughs> There's your headline. So There you go. So, again, this is your first time uh, here, and so uh, the kind of stuff you're going to be lecturing on, you've got so many things. Do you... Have you been coming up with some new stuff? Are you recycling some things? Or th- I say recycling from the standpoint of, of adding more de- detail on stuff you do already. Well, you're being kind. No, it's the same old crap. No, no, it's fantastic stuff. I, I can show you. Look at this. Look what I'm carrying in my pocket. This is... Whoa. Dude, look at that. And it's not, and it's not the knockoff, everybody. <laughs> Tell them what that is. It's a split focus. Split focus. It's a real deal. deal. Yeah. Oh, you got the Morgan. Those are gorgeous. Did you shine them? No, it's always in my pocket, so oh, it stays shiny. Because I deliberately put an age on them, uh-huh. so, so you know they look a little older. No, Those are just, gorgeous. I've, ever since I got that from you, I've kept it in my pocket, so that's good. But I use that. Obviously, that's my go-to thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, all the time. I love so. it. I love it. So, um, so when I do my lectures, it's 50-50. 50% uh, brand new material they've never seen before, and the other 50% are... I, I can't use the word classics about my own stuff. Uh, I can. It's classic. The old stuff. Yeah. Well, like exact change and stuff like yeah. that. I mean, dude, that Chip stuff on shoulder, yeah. continues to sell. Exact change. It's just. It came out in 2009. There's still so many people have never seen it. Chip on shoulder. I only sell at lectures. So that constantly with sells. the putty. With the putty. Yeah. What's that called again? It's Dexter's putty. Dexter's putty. Yeah. Those are two super strong sellers. So I can't not do them at lectures. It's kind of like. With Hayden, or Pop Hayden, he's been doing the uh, Mongolian pop knot and his uh, four-ring routine, and I think some, he's got, like, a few things that are standard always. I mean, books in the 70s, yeah. Exactly. Hasn't changed, you know, because they're, they are classics, yeah. and a lot of your stuff is as well. I mean, you're a classic, sir. I mean, you're starting to, I was going to say gray hair, but you're getting less of that. I don't care if it's gray as long as it stays. Are you rubbing that in? No, I'm rubbing your hair in. <laughs> Look at all yours. Yeah, exactly. I got- Dude. <laughs> Look and I've been growing my beard because I'm doing Santa. So yeah. I'm anxious to start shaving this. I mean, first January, I mean, I really want this all to come back down to its... Groomed. I would probably look like yours if I could... I'm part Native American, so I got blotches. What native are you? Cherokee. Are you? Yeah. Okay. How much percentage? Uh, more than Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> So, in other words, you do have some. <laughs> my, my mom is the opposite. My mom has blonde hair, blue eyes. She's Danish, Norwegian, German. And here's my joke on stage, because I love being politically incorrect. I said, people ask me all the time, you know, like, how do you do this? How do you do that? The second most common question is, what are you? What's your ethnicity? Yeah, what are you? My husband and I have a bet going. We don't, we like, okay, we love your magic, but seriously, what are you? <laughs> <laughs> so on stage now, I say my mom is Danish, Norwegian, German, and my dad is, um, what's the word? Oh, terrorist. <laughs> I can't even be late for uh, 
in airports anymore. I can't. I'm not allowed to run through airports anymore with my love, especially singing my favorite song. La 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 la. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, I said it. The TSA has no sense of humor, especially when I go, "Hi, Jack." <laughs> you the bomb. C4. I'm looking for my gate. Anybody? C4? C4. Need C4. <laughs> Seinfeld said he can't write with the politi- politically correct police over his shoulder. So I love being incendiary and saying things. Well, I know. I've heard him say also he can't work college circuit anymore because it's yeah, just too It happened to me about six, seven years ago. What happened? I did my uh, a joke that I got from... Um, Oh, Farrell Dillon. Yeah. Farrell Dillon had a great joke with the Rubik's Cube. I go, dude, can I use that? That fits me perfect, especially with my my style of not confrontation, but pushing boundaries. Um, but 10 years ago, it wasn't pushing boundaries. It was just plain, straightforward, funny. I said, I'm going to solve this uh, uh, Rubik's Cube in world record time. It helps if you're young because you have to have a lot of time in your hands. It also helps if you're... Um, uh, mathematically inclined because the algorithm. So for me to be able to solve it without being young, uh, without being 16 or Asian, come on. <laughs> Ten years ago, hysterical the Magic Castle. Eight years ago, still funny, still funny. Now you get banned. Six, six, five, five, six years ago, it's like, yeah, people's a little hot in here. They're like, yeah, I think that that's good, that's good. Three years ago, banned. Can't do it anymore. Wow. Unbelievable. You know who liked the jokes the most? Asians. Asians. Who high-fives me during the show? Asians. Who shakes my hand after the show? Asians. These little, little... That's like with uh, Jeff Hobson also saying the people who love his jokes the most are the, is the gay yeah. community. Yeah, exactly. Who Everyone doesn't else. like the show? People who get offended on behalf of other people, which you're not allowed to do. Yeah. Says my Asian friend, Brad Chin. There you go. So, what are you looking for, by the way, here to do? I mean, since you have come... Offend everybody. Okay. I mean, equal opportunity equal, offender. Equal, oppor- <laughs> equal uh, offender. <laughs> uh, but, uh, again, since you haven't been here before, but people have seen you and know you, I'm sure that, you know, some people have seen the lecture and, again, it's kind of classical kinds of stuff. Are you going to be performing then as well? I mean, because they got a show. Yeah, I do a stage, my stage show. Is that tomorrow night? The Saturday one I bombed on in Hamburg. I'll tell you what happened, by the way. They didn't speak English. In the south of of Hamburg, in the south of uh, Germany, three years ago in Ulm, 5,000 people in the audience standing ovation because they speak English. They're under 50. In the north, the average age was deceased. Ah, okay. Which is a line from Gabe Kaplan. Yeah. And they're just, dude, I thought it was, I thought I was, I thought it was a Nuremberg trial. Yeah. <laughs> they're just staring at me like. Looking at you with their arms crossed. They yeah. didn't get any word play at all, and I bombed a miserable death. Woo! Am I now, what about, what about uh, an interpreter? Do they have someone? Is that wasn't the issue? Yes, Michael Dorman, who's a fantastic interpreter, um, he, he translated or interpreted um, for my parlor show. That went fantastic. But that's not what I remember. Isn't that funny? Yeah, it is. We don't remember, remember how well we did. Our friends don't want to hear how well we did. I always want to hear the bad things. Yeah, so I say to them, hey, they go, how'd the trip go? I go, well, uh, you want to hear the good news or the bad news? 100% of them, bad news. Bring it on. Bad news. What do you got? Yeah. Nobody wants to hear your good news. I remember talking to Stan Allen when he still had Magic Magazine. He said, I really appreciate everyone saying how much they compliment the magazine. He said, but I really like to hear, hey, you had this error or there was a problem here or maybe I didn't like the placement of this. You should have had this closer to the end of the magazine or whatever. Those were constructive uh, comments. And sure. so... 
you have to know what to accept. Some people just like to make but, critical But you don't comments. give too much attention to it if it's from one person. Because you don't change your entire policy because one person didn't like a thing. Good question. How do you... How do you go about when someone offers you a joke or they say, here's a line that's perfect for you. I've seen your show, and this would be a funny thing for you to say or do. I you, listen. But do you incorporate that, or do you no. try to research that to find out I, if that I, really I was almost, original? I almost never do because I don't know where it comes from. That's a good point. But what I do do, I said do-do. You did say do-do. I said do-do. You can say do-do here. There's the, things you're, there's the things I won't say not uh, that I can't. Uh, there's things that I I was trying to throw in another joke. It didn't work. So um, I was going to say Nazi. They say, I, I, not, I can't not see it. I said Nazi. <laughs> when you're talking about the Germans. Okay. Um, what was the question? About the, uh, accepting comments or jokes people give you. Oh, hey, here's how I do it. I listen to the audience. In the moment. In the moment, the audience can be funnier than you because they don't have the pressure of a script. So I just learned how to be quiet, and people fill in the blanks, and it's usually hysterical, and I'll use that because I know it's spontaneous. I'll give you an example. I said to a lady one time, can I borrow your ring? She says, nope. It's a pri- I said, look, it's a private party, 50 of your rich friends here. You, they're witnesses. Can I borrow your ring? She says, nope. I said, why not? She says, I know you. Because <laughs> she hired me every year, right? I said, yes, but I'm wearing a halo. I'm wearing a halo. She says, yes, but it's, it's held up by your horns. I'm like, are there you, you go. kidding me? Yeah. And I'm scribbling right now in my hand, pretending it's a notepad. Yeah. Hysterical. The next year I got her back. She says, nope. No, I said no to her. She says, can you tell me how that last trick is done? I said, nope. She says, come on, one trick. I hire you every year. you got to tell me how that last trick's done. I says, nope. She says, why not? And I said, if I told you. Oh, then I have to kill you. I'd have to kill you. Yeah. She said to me when I told her that, can you tell me just enough to injure me? Yeah. I don't want to know everything. A bruise, a black eye. Just tell me a little. Dude, this lady was brilliant. She needs to follow you around. And you need to follow she's her around. College, she's a college. She's a, a mortgage banker. How can you be that funny right out of the gate? Oh, That's you true. know what? My ride is probably here. All right. Oh, no, he's five minutes behind. Well, then we're so. going to wrap this up. Thank you very much. I'm glad that you had some time today. And Thanks uh, for having me. Thanks so. for being here. How, how many conventions do you do a year? Let's interview you. This is my eighth convention. This year? Yeah. How many do you total? Like, you try total? to get in ten? Well, you know, I took some pictures of my name badges, my registration badges, and posted them on Facebook. And uh, from the ones that I had kept, that I took photos of, I think I had 140. So there are 140 days, one after the other, in which I think I bored everybody to death. In how long? In well, over my lifetime, you know. The oh, 140 conventions, conventions total that I have attended that I have kept the. Oh, could you've done way more than that? I have, but those were just the badges just that the I badges. had started. Keeping. I remember you obviously from Magic Magazine doing your conventions. Art, conventions is that what the editor called? convention editor? Yeah, yeah, that's how I first knew about you, and you probably had 140 then. Well, great. I, I did. And so then but I thought, hey, you know, I'm going to start keeping the same thing like, well, you know, when you say at the house that I've got uh, an autograph book, basically, for people, to, and you sign the book. And for you the didn't ask me to, though. Well, I just I just saw it and assumed. I'm sorry. Okay. Should I have? <laughs> but uh, that was something I added later. I mean, I had so many different people who had come through, you know, John Calvert and Tammy and so many people who had come and stayed at the house. And I was staying at Al the Only's house, and he had one, and I thought, that's a great idea. So this way I kind of remember people who have come I'm through. I'm listening, but he's doing some crazy stuff over there. Okay. So <laughs> it looks good from way, way over here, man. I wanted to show you this was made. This is real Morgan's. Those are okay. real Morgan's. So we're going to 
to wrap up. And so, anyhow, oh, see, there's see a lot what happens of, at a magic convention. Right. You we, get easily distracted. <laughs> and there's no girls here. Dude, we're geeks. Well, we're, we're a couple. We're nerds. Uh, you haven't seen Lauren is here as well as uh, Tiffany, Boris's uh, fiance, and uh, a couple okay. of other ladies. Well, I heard fiance, so that's. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. All right, man. Scott. Love you, man. So good seeing you. Back. That was Gregory Wilson for the Magic Word Podcast. Scotty out. So I'm here uh, in the getting ready for the first event at eleven o'clock, and I'm with uh, Marv Leventhal from Ohio. Canton. You live in New Orleans, no, Canton. North Royalton, actually. It's just suburb, Cleveland. Of, suburb of Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So Marv, good to see you. Nice to see you. Always run into you. He's uh, one of the uh, longtime four efforts. Used to make the buttons were really cool. Right. Uh, you going to start that I up did, again uh, now I that may. Obi's I'll, passed? Yeah. <laughs> Obi kind of put the kibosh, kibosh on, on that, that for yeah. whatever reason, but yeah. I'll talk to Joan maybe. Yeah. And maybe we can get that started up again. We'll see. Because I think I've got a collection of all but maybe one. Oh, okay. That I may, you I have should, to go back and make. I should probably talk to you to take a picture of all of them because the, when, when I moved. You lost them? I, I, not all of them, but I don't have a full set. And you don't have the graphics of those? It's still? been a long time. It's three computers ago, probably. <laughs> I know. I go through you know the computers. Trans- yeah, exactly. Yeah, technology yep. goes from, you know, over time. How do you compare this convention, tricks with the 4F? Um, it's like 4F without having to sweat about having to perform. <laughs> <laughs> Very good point, because yeah. you never know what the factors are going to call you up. Right, exactly. Now, well, now you kind of do, because they give you a heads up on, uh, on whether you're going to be in the lineup or not. Right. So, uh, But, but I, I think the talent here is real good. Uh, well, the thing with Fectors, I think, though, is they have more foreign talent. And here, they just have a few. I mean, right. you know, from Canada, we have Michelle and then uh, Boris yeah. uh, Wild from uh, Paris, from France. Punch, but that's what I was going to say. Uh, that, that's exactly it. There's, yeah. there's more foreign talent, yeah. But I think uh, even the local talent here, some of the gentlemen are, are very good. Last night in the pre-convention show, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> They had two of the guys that were on uh, Penn and Teller Fool Us. So that's the type of talent, uh, you know, you see here. So I, 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 first year I went, I, I don't remember right now, you know, who was there, but I know it was good enough to get me back a second year, and now this is my third year at the convention. This is my second year attending this, and same thing last year. I was so impressed, like everyone. Yes. Like today, I think the first one up is called The New Talent. Or yes, Newcomers. Newcomers, that's what it is. And yeah. they're always somebody amazing, or at least last year they oh, were. exactly. And the other thing I like about this convention, of course it is a little smaller than Factors now. I think they have about 150 I talked to Scott here. last night. He said 165, I believe, oh, okay. 165. He said he had 41 new people for the first time. Wow. So and even though it's not tiered type seating, it's very cozy because they only have one, two, three, four, five rows. Mm-hmm. And they have two 20. big screens in the front. Mm-hmm. So you can see everything. They have two different camera angles. Right. And it makes it very easy for everyone to see. And, and the best thing I, I, I think I like is for the final big show, I think about a third of the room they bring in lay people. Yeah. And, of course, if you register late for the convention, you get to sit outside the room, but they do show it on TVs. And you're aware of that when you register that you may be out in the 
the lobby, but you still get to see what the people see on the screens inside the main room. And in here, we can still hear their laughter as well. Yes, exactly. So it's a real good convention. Uh, I, I under any circumstances unless maybe there's a family wedding and even maybe not then <laughs> well you attend yeah you attend a lot of conventions i mean you go to the ibm which ones how many do you go to what are you planning on this well coming year? Uh, this year um i i haven't done much this is my first one since uh, summer i do plan to go though to Gatorgate, which is the first week in january explain what Gatorgate is Gatorgate is the former uh, Golden Gate Convention. In San Francisco. Uh, in San Francisco, exactly. Except Kent, I can't think of his last name right offhand, who runs a convention, moved to Florida. So he started this up last year in Florida. And it, it was a very cozy convention. In Orlando area. In Orlando, exactly. And uh, he uh, had about 50 people at that first one. I'm sure it'll build over time but a real fun convention it's always the first week of january i don't know last year it was the end of november Hmm. so this year he moved it to the first week in january i believe it's the fifth sixth and seventh Hmm. so i don't have that on my convention guide yet i'm gonna have to look that up and add it so uh have a good time there i know last year he had a couple of excellent coin people. I know uh, George Tate was at that convention, mm-hmm. which I believe he's also he is here. here. I saw him. Yeah. Yep. So some people may know him as Patrick Redford. Yep. He's kind of like Max Maven and Phil Goldstein. <laughs> Same thing. If I can just put a plug in for Mac, yeah. uh, Max, rather. What's one of your favorite stories or memories of Max? Well, I have the perfect story, particular to me, and it, it just shows. Although Max may have, I don't, wouldn't say a gruff exterior, but a very proper type thing. Yeah. Uh, at the St. Louis IBM convention, which I think was in 1989 or maybe 1990, um, I started with Dan Harlan to put together a magazine called The Minotaur. And we had a little four-page issue initially with two tricks in it as a sample that we gave out to everybody I there. Yeah. So I, Max was sitting in the hallway or somewhere outside of any convention room, and I just walked up to him and I introduced myself, and I said, I'm starting a magic magazine. I said, it'd be great if we could get a contribution from you. He goes, he goes I'd be happy to. He didn't Which, know you from Adam. He didn't know me from Adam. He really didn't. And uh, that was about the end of the conversation there. Two weeks later, I got a trick in the mail from Max. And after that, every time I published a trick of his, within the next two to four weeks, I'd get another trick in the mail from him. And other than Dan Harlan, uh, who I did the magazine with, uh, who had a trick in every issue, I believe Max had the second um, uh, amount of tricks. He's a regular contributor. He was a regular contributor, exactly. So that's my my Max Maven. A friend of the Minotaur. Yes, exactly. That was a great magazine that you and Dan had put together, and I'm glad I had something in there, too. Oh, you did. That's right. The miniature catch-up bottle. That's right. Very good. Yeah. Just shows you will publish anything. (laughs) You do. Obviously you do. Which, of course, the best thing, in my opinion, was Starkle that was in there. There were several good things. Um... 
Oh, I'm not minimizing that. Right. No, no, I understand. But the, the, the goal of in putting the magazine out was to never have more than half card tricks. There was usually five or six tricks in every issue. So if it was a five-trick uh, issue, there were three non-card items. In a six-trick issue, there would also be three, maybe four non-card items. And back then, you were competing like with Richard's Almanac that uh, Richard Kaufman. Richard was Almanac out. had just stopped, and, and, and Lorraine still didn't had carry Apocalypse, Apocalypse yeah. Trapdoor. Was still out there by Steve. Oh, Steve, Steve should be here, by the way. Yes, He's the guest he of honor. Oh, he is. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know. Yeah. But I, yeah, I did see Steve last night. Uh, I wondered up where he was. I didn't see him. And now we're in kind of a era where there's a dearth of that type of magazine anymore, or the couple that are out there are very expensive. I guess. Or they're digital. Exactly. Real Magic is is real Manish. nice. He does a nice job. So I don't minimize those, but the guy that looks forward to something in his mailbox, yeah. <laughs> you know, once a quarter or once a month, however you, you right. look at it. Well, now people can look once a week. They look forward to the Magic Word podcast there coming out on Thursday yes. mornings. That's right. <laughs> I, I, my alarm is set. <laughs> we go. I wouldn't miss it. Thanks, Marv. Good seeing you, and uh, it's going to be a good convention. Well. And so with the Magic Word podcast, that was Marv Leventhal, Scotty out. Again, here for the first day, we just finished the first lecture of the day, which was with the uh, newcomer, and that was with Derek, I forgot, what was his last name, Derek? Uh, it's Derek Ostevani. Ostevani. Very good stuff. Practical stuff, commercial stuff, and it showed, of course, that he is one of the real workers. And speaking of a real worker and a real creative guy, this was a lecture from last year, Last year, Kyle Purnell. Hey there, Kyle. Hey, how's it going, Scott? <laughs> Fantastic. So glad to see you again. I have been telling everybody during this past year, since I met you last year here yeah. at Tricks, about how creative you are and the great ideas and things, and in particular the dollar bill thing you showed me and some other stuff, you know, Thank it's you. just, a, and, I, and your lecture notes, and I hopefully have helped your sales. <laughs> I Well, I appreciate that, really. You're a very creative guy. And you had something else you showed last year, and now that you've got this available for sale, there's some, yeah, it's called, that thing? Yeah, it's called Lightyear. Uh, Lightyear. Okay. Yeah. I was this close to calling it Piles of Kyle's Tiles. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Piles of Kyle's time. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think it would be quite as commercial. <clears throat> um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a revelation of a freely named number in light. Um, but it's, uh, so it's not, it's not a force, though. So there's a, there's a system in there that you can make a, any number. There was, uh, it was a nightmare to make, but uh, I can't tell you how proud I am that it actually is. Well, that comes to the creative muse. What about those kinds of things? Do you, like, lay awake at night or something comes to mind? Are you looking at the stars? I mean, or, or a movie? Or what is it that makes you? you... I, I have, uh, you know, I, what I usually say is I'm not exceptionally creative, but I am exceptionally obsessive. Uh, and, and when I have, uh, when that idea came into my head, uh, I thought there's no way that I'm going to die without this being a thing. And, uh, and that was the only thing that kept me going because, uh, very, very, uh, very often it was, uh, not very fun trying to figure out every place that the holes need to go. But, yeah. uh, now, now it's a thing and, uh, I'm very, very happy that I can look at it and say, Hey, I made this thing. And explain the effect for people who are saying, what the heck is it? Yeah, sure. Um, so basically you have eight, uh, acrylic tiles. And the tiles are uh, rife with holes, and they have just a, bun- a bunch of uh, random holes, random patterns of holes, uh, and a number like pinholes, basically. Uh, yeah, not not very big, they're and they're like punch holes or pinholes. Sure, yeah, uh, yeah, they're they're a, a little smaller than a hole punch hole. Yeah, uh, and then a number is either freely named or freely written down, um, and uh, when you square up the tiles for the first time, you see that the only places that the holes go through the whole uh, all cards, all the cards are. Uh, make the shape of the number that they freely named. 
That is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thank and, you. And I like what the idea also is that you put that in front of your cam or your, your phone. Yes. So you light that up. You put it in front of your phone, and that gives a light source, so it's very clear, and it's a punctuated magic moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, now, since last year, and you've gotten more well-known in lecture notes and everything, you've been lecturing at some other conventions. Aren't you going to be at the Magi Fest? I'm going to be lecturing at Magi oh, Fest. Good job. I'll see you, I'll see you there, too. So. Absolutely. Have been some other things that you've been doing this past year? Uh, yeah. we uh, Actually, just something came out yesterday, uh, weirdly enough, uh, on Penguin. It's uh, It's a... Uh, it's a torn and restored post-it note, but it's impromptu, and you, and you, but you, were, you restore it backwards, so the inside's on the outside, and the outside's on the inside, and it's signed. Whoa, wait, wait, wait. Okay. I'm trying to wrap my head around what you just said there. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of it's kind of like a uh, like a crazy cash Dan Harlan thing, but oh, it's sure. but it's uh but it's impromptu and it's uh so you can do it with any sticky note. And that's one of the things by the way, except for those crazy Kyle's yeah. tiles. <laughs> I'm going to get that stuck in my head. Uh, that the things you do show are impromptu and they're not necessarily all card things no. by any means. Yeah. Do you intentionally kind of think about I I have not, it's it's not really it an intent. I have uh I just know me, and I know that I don't maintain gimmicks well, uh, and I lose them, and I break them, and uh, they go in my pocket, and they get bent, and it's not good, right? So uh, if so, I know for me, if I'm going to do Impossible Magic, it's better for me to do something uh, impromptu or something I can just set up in like 10, 20 seconds. What do you carry with you as your go-to thing when people say, hey, show me a trick? Uh, I, I have... Uh, so I'm, I'm always equipped with the Hancock effect, of course, right? Um, I always... Uh, Hancock being that, the, the, dollar, bill, the bill thing. Yep. The bill yep. thing, yep. Um, and then I also have uh, a, uh, the Lynx Magic Wallet, uh, which is awesome. It's like a, a built-in uh, in, index uh, in the wallet that you can show that there's the only one card that you have uh, is the card that they named. And uh, so that's the one I do uh, if anyone tells me to do a trick. Yeah, you don't need to do much. I mean, you do that. It's like, wow, that's cool, yeah, and you're done. It's, it's it, and it's my everyday wallet. So yeah. Now, the penguin trick, you said it's down. What's the name of that, right? It's called Stick and Twisted. Stick and, oh, I like it. Stick and Twisted. <laughs> okay. And that's what, a $10 download it's or something? It's $10, yeah. Okay. And so it just came out, yeah. Go to Penguin and look up uh, Kyle Purnell, and uh, you should be able to find that. You'll easily. absolutely be able to find it. That sounds great. Kyle, good luck. Thanks a lot. I'm glad to have you as a friend. I love creative people. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, Scott. Thanks for having Thanks me. Thanks again. So, over the Magic Word Podcast, that was Kyle Purnell, Scotty Allen. We are winding up the day for actually day number two. I said day number one was just a, I say it was just, but it, a couple of lectures on Thursday night. Long day Friday. Uh, even though it started at 11 o'clock, we had a lot of things going on, finishing with the pizza party, but my gosh, all kinds of really cool stuff. And uh, one of the uh, things that uh, started out this morning was with a newcomer lecture that was Derek Ostrovani. I believe it was, uh, and had some really cool ideas. I promised I wasn't going to buy anything, but I did. He had a <laughs> very cool idea. Uh, but I got with me right now uh, someone who was actually a very integral part of the, today's activities because he was a performer and also on the panel. And uh, in the future, you'll be able to uh, hear him even in an upcoming episode. Please welcome Terry Ward. Hey there, Terry. How are you? <laughs> Fantastic. This has been fun for you. Been a good convention? been a great convention. I love these small conventions. Have you ever been to Tricks before? Or is this, this is your first my first time. time. Okay. Scott's been saying you got to come up, you got to come up and Yeah. Well, now I've got the time, so I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not that far coming up from uh, Florida. Uh, it's about a 7-hour drive. I okay. was drove up with Mark Fitzgerald. We had a lovely uh-huh. 
conversations on the way up. It was nice. Oh, sure. Yeah, it makes time fly, you know, it when does. it's going like that. Uh, as I mentioned, so there was the newcomer thing, and then David Regal gave a lecture uh, this afternoon, and uh, he was uh, entertaining as always and had a lot of things that came from his marvelous books, which I recommend. He brought a few of his things, and I think pretty much sold out. Sold out of the books straight away and had a couple of other uh, stuff. Did you get something out of that as well? Uh, yes, it makes me want to go back and reread his books. I was like, maybe I didn't look at those close enough because there was some very strong material. Uh, his two card Monty mm-hmm. that was just really nice. nice that was piece. so cool, and uh, yeah, with uh, just a little bit of double stick tape. And he had some other ideas on three card Montys and things like that. And there was a cool idea I thought he had as far as with the business cards of a drawing duplication, essentially. Yeah, that was very cool, too. Very clever mm-hmm. uh, a way of getting into it also. Mm-hmm. Very, very enjoyable. Uh, he gave a Zoom lecture, which I had attended, and he had talked about some of those very things. And I had the book, but I hadn't gone deep into it until I saw the tricks, two of which he did today. And I went back into it and then started digging into the rest of the stuff. Because not just tricks in the book, but also he has some essays about people who are friends of his and things. I don't know how much you've gone into it or read the book, but uh, some, some good stuff. There's some fascinating stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then there was some guy named Terry Ward. <laughs> Yeah, how about that? <laughs> I thought that was really great because you started off with your famous three shell game and ringing. And how that bell come about, by the way? Well, I, I, when I first uh, thought about putting something on top of the shells, I was because I've seen like Bob Sheets uses a box, uh-huh. you know, usually and, a uh, shot glass is what people typically and, but, use. and people usually typically use a shot glass. But then I thought, well, it might be neat to use a bell. And that way, you, if you hit a joke, you could hit the bell. And, oh, mm-hmm. And so I took it to a trade show and kind of got, you know, a lot of people saying, well, there's already a gentleman who uses a bell. Hmm. Um, so I was like, okay, well, I'll, I'll remove that and I'll try and figure out a different kind or a different style. And I found the Tells Bells. Mm-hmm. And I had one, and it fit perfectly. Which is a ring, no ring, kind of a yeah. old-school clanger bell. Mm-hmm. And it fit perfectly over my shelves. Yeah. And I was like, this has got to be it. Yeah, and I started to play around, and I had help from. I spoke to Bob Sheets about it. I spoke to a gentleman by the name of James Sherrill from Orlando, who's no longer with us, sadly. And um, I spoke to Giovanni Levera, mm-hmm. and uh, with all those people's advice, I kind of found a routine, and I, I I like this thing of it always ending up underneath number one, and then kind of leading people down that path, and then taking them somewhere else. So it's been a great routine. Uh, it's been mm-hmm. one of my favorite things. I still love to perform it. Yeah, it's a uh, it, it is great. And then you uh, had some other good card routines that you were teaching and uh, cards to pocket and uh, switching back and forth and the Chicago opener kind of. Yeah, I did a Chicago opener piece that because um, I always heard Eugene Berger in my mind going, <laughs> "Well, Chicago opener kind of explains itself," and I was like, "He's right." And then I found that card by Jay Sankey called Fine Print, mm-hmm. uh, put out by Penguin Magic, and uh, that just cleaned up the whole routine and made it make sense for me. And when you pulled out the magnifying glass and then started using that, and then the, and then the card was under the magnifying glass, I thought, this is going to be like a card under glass routine. The card's going to oh, keep yeah. <laughs> keep going back underneath there. You know, like Doc well, actually, I did that with the bell. Okay. I would mm-hmm. do a card under the bell, mm-hmm. and I did that for uh, quite a few years. Yeah. Played with that routine. Yeah, but then my card to pocket routine kind of took over yeah and that kind of you know i like that they were kind of two similar tricks in a way and i also like the way that you riff with the audience from the standpoint of being a 
an expert with the classic force. And if it doesn't work, you still have a great routine. Like that one lady was obstinate. She was, she was, <laughs> yes, she in, was in a playful way. Yeah, she was. <laughs> but uh, this, the fact was you were able to handle that situation perfectly and then move on to someone else handle as it, if that was a separate, appo- a separate effect. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's a lot to be said about that. And that, as, as people had said later to me behind your back, is that <laughs> that shows why he's the consummate performer. That's where the 40,000, <laughs> that's where the expert uh, really comes in right there. You know, he's done that, seen that, you know, things have happened. Right, right. <laughs> in that case. Uh, and then we have what was called insights. And I thought that was kind of cool because we had a lot of people who spoke kind of TED Talk-ish type of things. Yeah, it was really neat. Uh, yeah, where David Regal was talking and showed some uh, videos. And from the Carbonero effect that he had worked with, I thought the uh, thing from David, uh, sorry, from uh, 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 Boris Wilde talking about standing ovations and some yeah, that was really liminal tips. I wish I would have heard that a long time ago. Yes, me <laughs> too. Really good ideas. Where did that come from? <laughs> really? And he has and then that. The other guy was splitting cards. Yes, t- talked about how to split cards. Never seen anybody do it that fast. No, no, uh, exactly. Oh. I can see why he's doing it because uh, he said, well, I'll do it for you. So I'll be glad to take your money. So, but here's how you do it. And he's teaching people, you know, how to do that and the right kind of glue to use and all the details. I mean, and it's phenomenal. Yeah. That was just in and out very quick. I've tried it and didn't have success, but boy, <laughs> he really quite nails it. And then you talked about uh, doing theme parks and your uh, evolution. Parks, theme parks, the evolution, where it started, where it ended up. Uh, yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating stuff. Uh, we always kind of forget, I think, sometimes where, uh, you know, when we're talking to somebody, you know, where they started out, mm-hmm. how they came up and how they got to where they are now. Yeah. And it's interesting to listen uh, to people's stories about what they did and, you know, where they've come from. Whether or not you plan to follow a similar path, it's interesting to hear what paths others have taken. You yep. know, because and chosen yep. it, it, because that could be an inspiration to them to follow whatever path theirs is if they want to. I don't care whatever it's going to be, uh, whether it's outside magic or in magic or whatever mm-hmm. you want to do to uh, to follow that. Very so true. I thought what you were talking about was inspirational, and um, I believe I think that was uh, about it. Except finishing up then with uh, the guest of honor, who was Steve Beam. <laughs> Very funny story. <laughs> yes, Steve's a hilarious guy, and yeah, most of the. Uh, it wasn't a roast. It was just a couple of questions yeah. that uh, um, Joseph Daniels had uh, was the MC for the afternoon, and then he was one of the people asking questions. Then Scott Robinson was uh, asking questions then as well. So that was uh, a lot of fun. And then yeah, Steve had a lot of uh, funny stories, uh, particularly the one long story about one convention where he was uh, performing. And then we uh, took a uh, because that went on longer than expected. It was kind of a, a short dinner break, but some people did go to dinner because afterwards, when we came back, then for Boris Wilde, he probably had only a room full of uh, half full because everyone was I think was still at dinner. Yeah, they didn't wait around for the pizza. They wanted to go and go and eat. But uh, it was a shame because they they missed Boris. Been working on that new lecture. Over, Variations over uh, the yeah. pandemic, and he had some really clever things. I like the, the title of his book implies variations. There are things that he has been doing, but he's gone deeper. Yeah, and I like the call he was explaining. And very good at it. Yeah, and well, obviously, yeah, he is very good at it. But the way that you would disguise and hide that so it doesn't look like the car shift, cards shift or move at all, right? Because you're kind of moving from one side to the other then as well. I just thought his, his work on that was stellar. I mean, I got a lot out of that. Me too. It was very, very um, – I've never seen anybody talk about it that much. Mm-hmm. And it, was, it was very good. Yep. But I think his last lecture, I think he talked about it too. Did he? Okay. But I don't know that I saw that one. 
Okay. Letter everybody said that's where he was really kind of focusing on the call. Okay. And I know he had been here before mm-hmm. because she's uh, – is he married, Tiffany? I know that uh, – They're married now. They're now – okay. Yes. I was thinking that she's they, from Virginia? No, she's from here, Charlotte, I believe. I oh, thought, is she? I okay. may be wrong, but maybe you're right. Maybe she's Virginia. I thought she was living up in Virginia. Okay. I could be wrong. But she's finally got uh, her visa, so she'll be – Moving over to Paris, Moving I guess. Over to France. Yeah. Yeah. So I know he's been coming back and forth, and her as well. So. Yes. Because um, she does a Georgia Magnet uh, routine. Yes. Have you ever seen her perform that? I feel like I've seen her perform somewhere, but I'm, I can't remember where it I was. I think she did something here last year. Mm-hmm. I know she she did one of those insight TED Talk type of things. Oh, cool. And I think within that, that she might have uh, shown something, but I've not seen the. No, I take that back. I think on the Saturday Night Show last year, I think she did something very entertaining. Very good. I feel like I've seen her do something somewhere, but I, I can't recall where it is. Which is one of the things, by the way, I, I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm going to say probably 30% of the people here are women or more. Yes. There's a, there's a good representation out of the 167 magicians we have here of having, you know, probably 30 or 40 women magicians. Yeah. You know. that's I think that's great. Yeah. I mean, they're not just spouses. They are, they are no, magicians. Some of them seem like they're... I mean, obviously, Rick Wilcox, wife, yeah, Susan, Susan, yeah, incredible mm-hmm. female magician. Yep, she is. Yeah. Um, just as uh, others, like mentioned, uh, Tiffany and and uh, Lauren and uh, mm-hmm. Kali, uh, a lot of other ladies that I, I, I saw here. So uh, very involved. So I think it's that's kind of cool. Which is one of the things I think is is important here is we're we're seeing the tomorrow's magicians today here at this convention. Yes, you know, yeah, getting involved and. Enjoying the craft. Yeah, yeah. Well, tomorrow we're going to be uh, starting out, let's see, again at 11 o'clock with the Steve Beam Lecture. So he starts out at 11. Looking forward to that. That's I hear right. he has a new book out. Not another uh, semi-automatic, is it? I don't think it is. I think it's a, a book of things he's worked on or something. No, it's just his stuff. Yeah, I think so. Okay. That's okay. what I heard. That's what I hear. Good. Yeah. yeah, then George Tate slash Patrick Redfern is going to be giving a lecture. And then Gregory Wilson and then Jackie Yu. And then we'll be having this Saturday night show. Yes. And what I like about the show is they bring in a lot of people from the outside who are non-magicians. You said you haven't been here before, so it's kind of cool. And they also have an overflow room on the outside, so they set up some monitors so you get to see it. Oh, cool. You're not there live, but it's just on the other side of the wall. So the people in the room can mm-hmm. hear because the doors are open then as well. You know, it's going on in the other room. But standing. Yeah. But uh, it, it, it is a lot of fun. It's a good convention. Hope you're enjoying to it. it too. I am having a blast. <laughs> <laughs> what have you seen so far, just today, that has impressed you the most, or last night, and today, or just uh, whether it's at the convention or someone performing, or maybe in the lobby of seeing somebody doing something? Uh, I en- en- enjoyed um, uh, sitting with um, John Hinton. Mm-hmm. We sat for a while and chatted about magic and. Uh, especially about Rubik's Cubes, because he's very heavily involved in them. Mm-hmm. And because I was set in the 40s at Disney for so long, I stayed away from some of that yeah. stuff. But I've been contemplating about um, putting something like that in my act, and I was questioning him on what, what, which way he thought I should go. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he had a nice lot of recommendations there. And uh, I thoroughly enjoyed David Regal's talk on the Carbonaro effect. It's a very funny show. I forget about, you know, I need to go watch it more often. Yeah, so darn clever. So clever stuff. I thought what was enlightening to me was when David said, we have not done one card trick. 
Isn't that great? In what are they, eight or ten years or however long that it's been running? And uh, and the fact is, this is not a magic show. That's the bottom line. They're not right. trying to do magic. Mm-hmm. That's true. And and they've succeeded in many ways. Mm-hmm. Very impressive stuff. And he was saying not only not just magic, but it's not like we're doing slices of cheese and doing double lifts with you know <laughs> slices of cheese or anything exactly. either. You know, there's nothing card like even you know that they do. So yeah, and it's amazing where he's ended up. Yeah, Michael underneath counters and yeah, I mean David, David Regal, Regal. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> stuffed in little you know cabinets. <laughs> wow. Yeah, because he's the, he's a small guy. He said, "Unfortunately, I'm the small guy on the staff. So not only am I the head writer and the producer, but they put me in. I put myself, I guess, in these situations. <laughs> no one else will fit. That's amazing. <laughs> well, Terry, thanks very much, and uh, we're looking forward to a fun day tomorrow. Yes, me too. Good. So that's thanks a, again, Scott. Thank you. That's a good wrap, I think, for uh, day numbers one and two. So for the Magic Word Podcast, we'll see you guys tomorrow. I hope you enjoyed then today and yesterday then too. That was Terry Ward. This is Scotty Allen.